0: look at verse 1 it's a parable I know you all know it then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 bridesmaids I like the new King James and the King James version that actually says the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom this is a wedding and in this wedding you have virgins you have lamps and you have a bridegroom it actually is a wedding that symbolizes the second coming of Jesus Christ The virgins, now often we call them bridesmaids, I actually don't think that's quite correct. The virgins, what some virgins call bridesmaids here, actually represents the bride. And if you go into scripture, you'll find that the bride represents the, the church of Christ who is pure, who is set apart and she is waiting for her Lord who is the bridegroom. Now, you are the church of Christ. And when Jesus comes, you will be reunited with him face to face and there will be a wedding and it will be a beautiful wedding. I don't mind weddings, but this is one wedding I don't want to miss. And you are the bride. And and it's it's interesting, and I'm going to talk more about this in the next couple of weeks. When Jesus looks at you, you might look at yourself today and you might think, "I'm, I'm a sinner. I don't feel real good about myself. I'm not walking with the Lord as I should. I'm falling all the time. I feel depressed. I don't know how you feel about yourself. You might be really down on yourself. I want to tell you today that when Jesus looks at you, He sees someone who is through His blood pure and beautiful. He sees you as a virgin bride and like an expectant groom, He can't wait to come and get you. Do you get that? You say, well, I miss Jesus. I wish He would come. You don't miss Jesus like He misses you. He is desperate to come but he needs action from his bride. He needs action from this virgin bride who is waiting for him to come and marry her. He needs action. Now, this bride, this virgin bride, the church, has a lamp. Now, a lamp gives light. Guess what that light is? It's the message that we have. Now, one of the things I like about being New Hope Seventh-day Adventist Church is I wouldn't be a pastor if I didn't believe this. Pastor Lyle, we have the hottest message on the planet. Amen? There is no message hotter than the Advent message. When I'm sharing the second coming, it's an Advent message. It moves me and it gives people hope. That's one of the messages of Adventism. When I'm preaching the sanctuary, and if you don't know what the sanctuary is, the sanctuary message is, you stay at this church because we will teach it to you here. It is the brightest shining light in the Protestant Reformation, the Adventist message of the sanctuary, because outside the cross, it's the greatest example of righteousness by faith in the entire Bible. It's a sensational message. And it's no wonder Satan attacks this message more than any other. And I've got to tell you, That when I preach the sanctuary, when I share it, I am taking my lantern with the light into dark, dark places. And when it's preached and taught properly, it just brings hope and joy and assurance to people who are lost in the world. This is the Virgin Bride of Christ with her lantern with her lamp, with her message, to take to the world. And this is the wrong church for you as a foundation member if you don't think that Adventism has something very special to share with the world. We are not in this community just as another Protestant church. We are a Protestant church, hallelujah. But we're not here just as another Protestant church. We are on the end of the Protestant Reformation with a red-hot, burning message to take to this community and this, ch- and this church is being called by God not just to take it to the community but to the entire world. And our message is a message of fire and light and nothing stirs me even as a 51-year-old middle-aging pastor, Lizzie, who can't do, I keep telling Liska, I'm not the young man I used to be. <laughs> And she says, I (laughs) know. But nothing stirs me more than the Advent message and nothing should stir the bride of Christ more than this. This sensational, fantastic message. There are 10 virgins. Bible says five were foolish and five were very wise. Verse two. As I just said, the Bible says five of them, these virgins were foolish And five were wise The five who were foolish Didn't take enough olive oil For their lamps The oil here and The Bible is very clear, clear Look at Luke 4, 13 And other passages of scripture I, I haven't got time to prove this But it's, it's very clear and, and there's no denomination Protestant biblical denomination To deny this The oil represents Do you know who? the holy spirit and it says five had enough of the holy spirit but five didn't now i want to make this clear these 10 girls are representative of the bride the church of christ these are your seventh day adventists these are your christians they are all good girls These are girls, this is a church who worships the Lord on the Sabbath Who believes in the second coming Who preaches the sanctuary message Who gives the hope of the message of the state of the dead Who understands the health message This is an on fire, well, some of them, church All of them have the Holy Spirit, amen, can you see that? How do I know whether I'm a wise or a foolish virgin today? How do you know? As you sit here in this church, how do you know? I've got a simple answer for you. By their what? If you're shining your lamp, if you go out into the world every day looking for ways that you can share Jesus, You've got the Holy Spirit in you. You've been baptised by the Holy Spirit. You're in a converted relationship with Him and you are storing up because when you open your heart to the Holy Spirit, He just comes in and possesses you more and more and more. So so don't think, oh, I'm a bad person. I don't know. No, this is a message where you can say, oh, thank you, Lord, that you've called me. Thank you that I do have the Holy Spirit. Now today, Lord, I'm asking for something deeper. And as the Holy Spirit comes into you and and, and, and he possesses you, you're going to start overcoming. You go, wow, I didn't didn't know I could ever overcome that sin. Wow, wow, I'm losing the desire for it. What's happening? You're baptised by the Holy Spirit. But I'm on my way on the train to work. Oh, I don't go on the train. I'm just using this as illustration. You're on the train and you've got your Bible open and you're reading it. And you're not reading it just because you've missed worship because you had worship early in the morning. You're reading it because you're hoping someone will see you reading the Bible and be drawn to maybe ask a question. I don't know. But you're looking for opportunities to share Jesus. And not everyone's an evangelist And not everyone's a teacher And not everyone's a door knocker. But God has given through the Holy Spirit Every single one of you Gifts that you can use Some of the most powerful I remember the church I come from in Warunga. Some of the most powerfully gifted People in that church I think of one particular lady An old lady She's well in her 80s Full of the Holy Spirit And she's down there cooking Hallelujah, amen because that's the gift God gave it, just like he did you, Des, and you too, sweetheart. Lizzie's got the gift of cooking, you can tell, can't you? <sighs> I'm not saying cooking is the, the, the pinnacle gift of the Holy Spirit. But what I'm trying to say to you is, every single one of you is gifted by God through the Holy Spirit to share Jesus in some way. And it, as I said, you don't have to be a preacher or a teacher or a door knocker. You've just got to ask the Holy Spirit to come into you to baptise you in the name of Jesus Christ and he will gift you and he will power you and you will find yourself sharing Jesus and you don't even realise it with the gifts that he's given you. You don't have to do a survey or a seminar to work your gifts out. All of a sudden you just find yourself using them. Hallelujah, I didn't know I could do that. I've seen the Holy Spirit at work. I was in lay, and I was running an evangelism I tell you what, the church in New Guinea is on fire. Hallelujah, amen. Full of people baptised by the Holy Spirit. I wish I could take that whole church in New Guinea and bring it down here to Australia because it would bring the revival that we so desperately are thirsty and hungry for. They're full of the Holy Spirit. Here's a caravan about 10 feet long with 25 older women in it. You think it's hot now. You should have went to that caravan like I did. I almost passed out as I walked in. It was so hot. They're praying before I get up to preach. Three, four hours before I arrive, they're praying. They're praying right through the evangelism series. They're praying after it is it any wonder that 40,000 people turned up to that outreach. You know, there was another church. I won't, I won't tell you what denomination. But this is the power of the Holy Spirit working through Adventism. And right on the edge, we were doing this outreach on two great big Aussie rules fields. They're right on the edge of this field and they heard the Adventists were coming. And you know, I don't know how to say this, but in in PNG, the other churches fear Adventism because Adventism, with baptised members, not just of water but of the Holy Spirit, is the most powerful movement on the planet. And night after night, we go. This other church runs an outreach at the same time in their church, as one of these um, flash dance churches. You know, lots of lights and drums, and I could kind of rock along as I was preaching every night as I listened to their music. Not that I did, but you, you know what I mean. It was wafting across our large, They went three, four nights, but the Holy Spirit was with us because of I believe because of the prayers of these ladies. I'm preaching English, 40,000 people are hearing me in their mother tongue, hallelujah. That's the gift of tongues, God gave it to me, I didn't even know I had it. But that's not what I wanted to tell you about. On the last night of that outreach, this is the power of the Holy Spirit and how people come to Christ through people who are praying and working, baptised by the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to give you a sense of the power. On the last night, I made an appeal I didn't ask for anyone to come to the front, but this man, Papua New Guinea man, noble-looking fellow, tall, good-looking man, came to the front and he just took the microphone off me. Well, what do you do? You hand it over. He said, I'm the pastor of that church there. And he pointed to it. And he said, we're a church of a thousand members. We started out. Now, this is the power of people who are baptised by the Holy Spirit. And I believe it came from this little caravan of 25, 30 women in it who were praying in 150 degree heat they didn't care because the Holy Spirit was there and they knew that what they were doing was powerful and he said after four or five nights of our mission we closed it down and we came to yours and he says I'm so convicted he said tonight I stand here and I want a tea I'd like to become a Seventh-day Adventist and he says I'm going to bring my whole church with me hallelujah amen and we're going to see that happen in Australia when you and I into the same power that the people of Papua New Guinea are right now today. It will happen. Believe me. Do you believe me? It will happen. The same Holy Spirit that works in New Guinea will work here in Sydney, Australia. And if it's going to start in New Hope Adventist Church, I'm going to say hallelujah, amen. But that is up to you and God. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Jesus is coming. Come on, church. Come out and meet Him. And all the virgins got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some more of your oil because our lamps are going out. The others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. As Jesus comes, you better believe it. You're going to need the Holy Spirit to get through to the end. You're going to need, as we go into the times that are ahead of us, you're going to need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is not optional. It is not a multiple choice question that both could be right. You must have the Holy Spirit if you're going to be ready for Jesus when He comes. Now I want you to listen to me here. The Holy Spirit comes from a relationship with Jesus. And it does take time to develop. When the Holy Spirit comes, it takes time to develop. You heard Lizzie this morning when she said, I was converted, but then I began a journey with Jesus. I know because I've been on some of that journey with her. When I'm in my Bible study, don't be fooled, people. You're not saved by your Bible study, but you won't be saved without it. You're saved by the blood of Christ. But your Bible study is one of the most, your personal daily Bible study. I encourage twice a day, morning and evening. It is a non-negotiable because when you are in your Bible study, you are experiencing God. You'll hear His Word in your Bible study and as you read and as you study and as you meditate in your Bible study, your heart is opening up. You don't even realise it and the Holy Spirit is rushing in. God is coming to live inside you when you are doing your Bible study. And don't tell me it's not important. Because if you're going to go through to the end of time, you need God living inside you. And God living inside you is the Holy Spirit. It's baptism in the Holy Spirit. When you get down on your knees and pray, the Holy Spirit is possessing you. It's just what happens. It's just a natural response to what happens when you pray. The Holy Spirit comes. Oh, you know, I don't know whether I should say this in my last church. You know, a new hope's not going to be like this. But there were some people give me a very hard time in my last church. They're everywhere, aren't they, Pastor Lyle? But they're not a new hope. <laughs> I better not be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I couldn't forgive them. They make me mad so unfair I'd talk to Liska about it I'd rage on to you Andrew wouldn't I? Go on Claire wherever you're sitting, even she's had a dose of it, Peter and others who are my friends, uh, close friends but when I get on my knees and I pray for them and the Holy Spirit baptises me and possesses me all of a sudden I can forgive you get this? And it's not natural. It's not Lloyd. I'm German. We caused two world wars. (laughs) And that blood runs through me. But even when the Holy Spirit baptises a German, hallelujah, he can forgive. Amen. (laughs) When you worship, when you come to church, when you give of your offerings and your time, you're being possessed by the Holy Spirit. When you go through trials and you go through them with Jesus, you're being baptised, anointed by the Holy Spirit. If your heart is open as He comes in, He gives you power and wisdom to go through any challenge, even the challenge of death itself. And you're sharing Jesus. All these things open you to the baptism the influence, the possession of the Holy Spirit. You see, you're either being possessed by one force or another right now. And the whole world is dividing right now. There's a group preparing for Jesus and they're being possessed by the Holy Spirit, literally possessed from head to toe. And there's another group, and I don't know whether you notice, but they're not preparing for Jesus. He is not a part of their life and they're being possessed by another darker, sinister force and it's why you see so many awful things happening in the world and and more and more of them. Verse 10, but while they were gone to buy oil, so they go looking for the Holy Spirit, the bridegroom came. Tragedy. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was locked. I'm telling you now, go away. Establish your relationship with Jesus. I'm pleading with you. I'm not here trying to entertain you. You want to be entertained by a preacher? Go to another church. You'll find better than me. But I am here trying my best in my weaknesses to share with you the importance of a relationship with Jesus where you are baptised by the Holy Spirit if you haven't had that experience today go away and establish a relationship with Jesus it's not too late the door is not locked the wedding has not occurred yet we are still waiting but remember this is a love story verse 5 when the bridegroom was delayed they all became drowsy and fell asleep. And we are in a delay, I'm sure of that. Jesus could have, I would have thought when I first started ministry in 1990 that I would never have made 2015 as a pastor. My dad is a pastor. He turned 77 the other day. He's now for the first time, he told me the other day, preparing to die now that sounds a bit sinister doesn't it but the reality is he's 77 he says if Jesus doesn't come soon I'm going to fall asleep I never thought we'd we'd make it this far we're in we're in a delay and I wonder if if you are getting weary waiting for Jesus you know yesterday I went um, shopping with Lizka at Castle Hill to buy some plums that you're going to eat for dessert today and they're very nice how do I know because you know On the way out, Liska said, I've got to go here for a while. And she went into, I think it was the Asian shop to buy something. What did you buy in there, by the way? (laughs) Chili. Yuck. (laughs) She said she'd be out in a few minutes, but there was a delay. And it seemed like she was there for four hours. And you know what I did in the delay? I ate her croissant. It was nice too (laughs) Some strange things happen in delay And there's some strange things happening to the church And I'm coming to the end of this, so, so be patient There's some strange things happening in the church at the moment In the delay I think it's happening because perhaps we don't have baptism of the Holy Spirit as we should It seems to me our roots, and I'm talking about myself now are going deep down in this world, and we're very concerned about our careers and our education. It bothers me when I see parents who put their kids in expensive schools and do everything they can right through to the end of high school. They put them tuition. I'm doing it myself. Uh, and then they send them to university And they're, they're gung-ho on them Them getting the best of education So they can have a fabulous career And yet they spend no time with their children Training them about Jesus It's one of the fruits of the delay Our roots are going down deep We're buying houses Not just one but two and three and four And we're investing We're going on holidays We're, we're, we're looking for pleasure This is the church I think the church has become a very secular Flashing lights and rock music and high energy bands and music and and entertainment And funny pastors who have very, very light messages We're arguing over the roles of gender in ministry Am I getting too close to home now, brothers and sisters? I'm stunned I'll get into trouble for saying this, you better turn the live stream off, Andrew But I've stunned that we've got a general conference coming up and on the cusp of the second coming of Christ the major agenda item is should we ordain men or women in the ministry? Come on! We can't get people in the ministry let alone wondering whether they're men or women. Do you know that from general conference to general conference that there are more people who have not heard about the gospel than ever before in the history of the world? Every day we have more people to reach. Do you hear what I'm saying? We've got no time in the delay and there is a delay and the delay is only there because Jesus wants to save the whole world. We're losing faith to step out in big things. Our churches around Sydney and Australia and the Western world are losing members and the fire seems to be going out all over our country because of the delay, well somewhat because of the delay. We're becoming drowsy and we are falling asleep. The bride is not ready for the groom. She has fallen asleep and perhaps all of us, including me, have become a little drowsy. But this is a love story. Just lost my place. That happens, doesn't it? Verse 11. Later, when the other five bridesmaids or the other five virgins returned, these are the foolish ones, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But but he called back, believe me, I don't know you. I don't want to hear that from the Lord. They had no oil. They were not baptised by the Holy Spirit. And those who are not baptised by the Holy Spirit are lost. But this is a love story. Verse 13. So you too must keep watch. For you know not the day or the hour of my return You know what Jesus is saying then As I close this Have an experience with Jesus Be baptised by the Holy Spirit So I'm going to close by saying this How do I get it How do I get what I've been talking about So I can escape falling asleep And falling into the pit Luke 11.13 So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? How do you get it? This sermon could have been a lot shorter, couldn't it? Ask for it. And this is how you ask for it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you as a sinner. Forgive me my sins, I plead. And I believe you have. Now I pray. Baptize me. Lord, hear my prayer. Baptize me by the Holy Spirit. In the Holy Spirit, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Actually, I also say, and Lord, I believe you've done it. Amen. Ask for it and say, I believe, and it just happens. Did you hear me? It's that simple. Ask, believe, it happens. It's that simple. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads right now here in the church. And i will just in the silence of this church, and if you're watching this on television, I want to encourage you to do the same thing. In the silence of the church Ask that Jesus Will baptise you In the Holy Spirit Let's do it Bow your heads You pray Dear Lord This is a love story You love us so much and You want to come back And you want to save us We pray this prayer Lord That you will baptise us By the Holy Spirit, give us this wisdom that comes from on high to pray that prayer every morning, to pray that prayer every evening. And give us the faith to believe that you who said you would do it, have done it. And so because of my faith, which is simple, Lord, and not all that strong, I stand before you and I thank you on behalf of this congregation, on behalf of my, myself, for baptising us in the Holy Spirit. Amen? We haven't fallen over. There's been no blinding light. There's no blazing music. There's nothing manipulative about this, Lord. You just said, ask and you will give. And we have asked and we praise you, Lord, that you have given. Thank you for hearing that prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.